Now listening to the No One Cares Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the No One Cares Podcast, your favorite Thursday podcast, where we shed light on local creators of color, discuss music, social issues, pop culture, and much more. I am your host, Devin, aka Devin No One Cares across all socials. Thank you to the homie, one of Colorado's best producers out here, Wick Jones, aka Chris Jones, whatever you want to call him. That man is super talented. We cooked that whole beat up from scratch not we he cooked that whole beat up from scratch i just relayed my vision and he just made that thing realistic that was crazy like it was nice to be in a studio i feel like a recording artist for the first time but uh shout out to him shout out to uh hex as well who laid her little finding final touches on the end of that it didn't sound right without that so appreciate to hex and appreciate to wick jones um this is episode 41 behind the lens with our special guest breeze this is somebody who I've been following for quite a long time, an amazing photographer, somebody, you know, we talk about so much. We talk about her love for photography, you know, how she got into it. We dive into her journey, how she turned her passion into a business. And we also talk about, you know, some of her struggles, you know, she also battles um, endometriosis, which is a word and disease that she kind of taught me about. Um, so she talks about her battle with that because I think it's super inspiring the way she carries herself, you know, just every day. Every day, you know, when you have so many reasons to say no or to just not go, she just keeps on going. And it's like, you, she's just so inspiring. I'm just going to leave it at that and let y'all hear the interview and interpret it how you want. But I'm um, very inspiring. Um, and we just dive into so much more. We talk about when they see us. We talk about Frank Ocean's interview lately and um, a lot more music stuff. But I'm not going to hold y'all for too much longer. Appreciate y'all tuning in. But let's get into the episode. This is episode 41, Behind the Lens of Breeze. There is so much new shit going on right now. And I don't even mean like new music or like new things happening. I've got these new microphones because of the tech issues. I got new Wi-Fi. I got a new intro. Shout out to Wick Jones for hooking me up with that and we putting in work with that. But so let y'all know this is this is new, a lot of new stuff going on. So if you hear the mic moving, you hear things changing, I'm trying to figure it all out because that's what creatives do. But Breeze is here today. Special guest, somebody who is incredibly talented. Um I, I follow, I love photography and like videography and all that kind of work because it's something I can't do or don't like, not that I don't want to do it, but I have an appreciation for the art of it and you know, just what it takes to even make that kind of work because it's not just pointing and shooting, it's more than that. It's like, you know, it's the angles, it's like the depth of the picture, it's the colors, it's the, the subject, it's the things around the sub. there's so many things involved. It's definitely an art um, and somebody who is incredibly talented at it and has been doing it for years and years and i'll be able to see being able to see her work um yo yo what's up how you feeling hi i'm good i could have went on all day i was like yo i gotta stop rambling on no it's good i'm feeling good thanks for having me for sure we were supposed to this is if y'all knew last week i was supposed to have her on the show yada 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 but the mics went out so i guess it was just (laughs) a lot of things was happening but you know we figured it out bet on myself updated now we upgraded and we here. So, um, but let's get into it. I want people to kind of know y- your story and who you are and just how you're 
fucking mind works. So if you could describe yourself in third person, who is Breeze? How would you describe yourself? Yeah, so I am a photographer. Um, I'm initially from Minneapolis, Minnesota, Mm -hmm. Um, but I moved to Denver seven years ago this month. Um, I've been shooting for a really long time, but I started my business here four years ago. And, um, yeah, I've been just trying to like make my mark and do my thing here while creating things that I love. And so you, you, but you started, so you started before you've moved out here. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Did you feel nervous, like continuing your passion once you moved out here? Yeah, it was really tough. Um, I moved out here not knowing anybody at all other than my grandparents. So Mm, that's, that's yeah, yeah, like that was it. And so I really just had to um figure it out on my own um and that was like i think that was kind of why um i didn't really like i started my business but i really didn't meet anybody in like the denver creative scene until like three-ish years ago mm. so i didn't kind of same here like, I did, yeah. it took a minute but now i'm finally yeah, starting to meet people so all kind of stuff it took yeah it took a minute for me to even know that there was like other creatives here that i could work with or build with or learn from or include in my work so that i could kind of like get noticed i guess yeah like start with the because you have i think yeah it's, it's very important to get involved with the community of creatives and then grow within that because you'll never know who to reach out to who to shoot like right yeah all that kind of stuff so but let's go back a little bit more because i want to understand how did you first get into photography like did, like was it like you had a love for cameras like what, what, how did it that yeah. sounded super cheesy but you can. <laughs> well i do <laughs> but um when i was a kid my um my stepmom worked out of a photography studio mm-hmm. And, um, she would always like, let me kind of tag along with her. And so I was in a studio a lot when I was a kid and I loved it. And then, um, I was really young, like seven, seven, I think when I got my first camera, Mm -hmm. um, it was film. And so she would kind of just let me shoot the role and she would develop it for me and just kind of went from there. Don't you miss those days of developing film? I do, but it was also really cool because I knew really young that I had an eye. I just, a kid taking photos that actually would turn out decent, you know? Yeah, and, and it's like a point and shoot. It's like a real. Right, yeah. yeah. So that was kind of it. And then um, it was weird because, like, I went through, like, a weird phase when I was, like, in high school where I was, like, I don't have any talents. Like, I didn't have anything mm. tangible. Yeah. Like, I, people would ask me, like, what are you good at? And I was, like, being a good person, being a good friend. like <laughs> Being a good human you being. You know what I mean? Like, like, there was nothing, like, I didn't have any skills or talents or anything like that that yeah. I felt. So, um, I had um, my best friend. His name was Fly. He um, was a rapper in Minnesota and um it, this was back when like tumblr was popping and oh, so wow. he was like yeah. well shit if i like get like a photo like photos of me popping tumblr on tumblr place like i can plug my music you know mm-hmm. what i mean so um he was like i want you to do this and then graduation came my grandparents got me like this really shit well it's not it's shitty now <laughs> <laughs> it but wasn't the back it was, then it but good. it was like a nikon like point and shoot like a real like like a camera camera, camera. camera yeah. but like it was still a point and shoot like there was no settings no nothing cool. baby steps um but they got me that and so he and i started with that and it was cool you know mm-hmm. and and he really pushed me he's like we can really do some shit and i was like bet you know so <laughs> you know and we were like inseparable at the time so he was like let's shoot this or he'd come over to the crib like he 
my that was my mom's son i swear to god my mom's so, <laughs> so he would come over and be like i want to do something like this like let's figure out how to do this and um so then i moved to denver um when i was 19 mm-hmm. and um that literally like a month after i moved here he passed away oh man and it was kind of one of those things where i was like all right i need to do justice by him because he really believed in yeah. in me yep. and i want to like prove to myself that it was worth him putting that energy towards me mm-hmm. so that was when i decided to take shooting seriously and then um it took me a little while to get my bearings get a camera that i actually wanted to use and lenses expensive. and it's so expensive especially when i was like I was working a shitty job, wasn't making any money. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and just spend all your money on photography gear. It was like, tough. Like, it was hard to justify, too. And so, <laughs> um, so yeah, so it took me a minute, and then I started shooting, and then I decided to turn it into a business that I based off of him and his legacy. And is, there, is, there, is, your, is your business just, like, self, uh, self-titled, or what's the business? Thing? No, it's called 721. Okay, um, talk it about is, it. Yeah, it is... Um, his anniversary date of his passing mm, and beautiful. so my logo and everything is all having to do with him and that's yeah. dope that's yeah. dope so you made a business what made you make an actual business instead of just you know kind of doing I guess your own like side work i guess you can say because you can always say for example like if i did graphic design i can always design for the homies that hit me up but if i wanted to make it into like the no one cares graphic design business like it's right. another thing what made you kind of have that smartness not smartness but that like I think I always saw it being the last thing that I ever did. Like I wanted this to be, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to work for myself Mm -hmm. and I knew this is how I wanted to do it. I wanted to be a photographer at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was kind of what prompted me. And then also was when I was, um, when I started booking for money, like it's, it's such a dumb thing, but I was like, I don't want the tax man to come for me. <laughs> tax man going to come man, for you regardless. You know so what I mean? mean? But like, who wants to get hit with like tax infringement on a business that they've been running? I don't even want to get hit with tax on my checks. So I, I get you. And so that was kind of a thing too. And my parents were like, well, you're like doing this pretty frequently. You need to like, are you going to take it seriously or not? And so I was like, all right. They believe in you from the jump with that? No. Dip, no. You know, because it's funny is I always ask creatives that because, you know, everybody's parents are different, first and foremost. And you to a certain extent, you can't blame your parents for not believing in it because they've never seen it done from their generation, from their generation. So it's like, you know, the, the, the whole idea and concept when you were an adult or becoming an adult back then was become you know a major profession become a doctor become a lawyer right. become a doctor become a whatever and that was your profession and anything else you like to do on the side was on the side yeah so like now it's like you have you know we really do have these opportunities to just do anything we really want to do well, and for them it's kind of like yeah they have to see it to believe it it's a little weird too because like in my family like my parents are super religious mm-hmm. and so like growing up like they never pushed college on me like That's they didn't even yeah. like want me to go to college but they wanted me to like throw myself into their church like that was mm. what they wanted from me yeah. instead like and then work a job that supported me supporting that rather than hmm. yeah it was really weird and so like um yeah i don't know so i i worked but they wanted me to go a different way with my life and then i just added more work to that and they're like that's not really what we were talking about yeah, <laughs> yeah um but then 
see after seeing like you know my progression and things that I was really proud of or th- when I would learn something I would share it with them or mm-hmm. when they saw that I was actually booking jobs they were like oh, oh like she's like you she do this business, okay business, yeah all right well cool and then they were more interested in knowing what I had going on after that yeah and so kind of going back to the business I think it's super interesting like to just have that mindset and to see that earlier like to see it early enough to be like, you know what, I'm going to make like what I'm doing is serious. And this is what I want to be my passion one day. So I'm going to mm-hmm. make this into a business doing that. Like, did you, I don't know, were you nervous like to make a business or it was just like this to, to, to more of the, the branding side of it was like, okay, I already do this shit. Let's just make it like dumb official. Um, dumb I think, official, a, sense, dumb official. <laughs> I think a little bit of both. Like, obviously I was nervous because I was kind of putting, I mean, I was still working and I'm still working, but I was putting my chips towards something that I didn't know if it was going to fail or not, you know, but I was just like, this is what I love. Like, I want this to be established. Like, I want when people see me to look at me and know that that is my brand or that is what I represent outside of myself, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so that was kind of just the way that it went and it's worked out so far. so. So let me ask you a question. Yeah the your business is it more of a part-time thing i know you also work full-time another job right yeah so how does it feel to have like your business being a part-time thing but then having the dream of wanting to make it a full-time thing it sucks (laughs) um it's also really wild because when um, i'm feeling well enough to do it i book as much as i can in the the time that i'm not working Mm -hmm. so like sometimes especially once it gets warm out it's like summertime I'll like work really like 60 hour weeks out yeah. like total with like my job and my photography combining them both yeah yeah um and it's one of those things where it really takes dedication because I have to want to get off of work and go shoot I have to want to the use my free energy, days yeah. to go shoot and so it takes a lot of dedication but at the end it's like this is what you want to do and right now this is what you have to do so find that balance and figure it out because I would never sacrifice something I love for something that's helping me right now. Yeah. That don't make Oof. sense to me. I feel that. That's and it's hard to even wrap your mind around that because it's there's a comfort level in that. True, but like, I feel like if you're not dedicating yourself to something you say you love, you don't actually love it. Mm, you know? Like yeah. if you're not giving it time and attention, is that something you actually love or is it something you're interested in? Yeah. And then it's that's when you want to evaluate are you just scared? Like what's right. going on? Yeah. I hundred percent feel that. So thinking about you travel a shit ton. <laughs> like I be, I be trying to like live vicariously through your travel experiences. Uh, like, oh, she's in Paris. I wonder <laughs> what that's like. Oh, she's in New York. I wonder what that's like. And I mean, granted, I'm pretty sure some of the traveling is just for traveling purposes. But I think a lot of it is you doing work out there. Yeah. So how does it feel to see your to be able to experience different parts of the I guess like the world and to still be taking your brand there and doing you know brand as things shooting and things like that. It's it's really wild um i think it's also very humbling knowing like how long it took me to like kind of like make a mark here in my own state and then having people like from other places acknowledge my work and want me to to work for them Mm -hmm. and with them and it's also really like it's kind of validating for me in the fact that i'm obviously i must be moving in the right direction of what i'm working towards because i've never 
wanted to be a local anything anywhere it doesn't matter where i am i just i don't want to be stuck in, in that pocket you I know you. like i'm you. i'm much bigger and more talented than just a place no places should be able to contain me and so i'm really working towards that and it's yeah it's been really humbling and i hope it continues <laughs> <laughs> it but you know it's funny and the reason why i even started off the whole episode the way i did is because i i I continuously say that you can tell how serious somebody takes something by how they treat what they do yeah. and how they speak about what they do. Yeah. Like, you know, and the way you speak about what you do and the way you kind of for, I almost made up a word there, the way you like think ahead of like what I want to do, where I want to be, I don't want to just be here. And the way you do that is speaks volumes to like your actual work and like your actual content. But the question I wanted to ask you was, you know, I th- and I think maybe you've already answered it. What is the overall goal? Like, what is the bigger picture for for you and your brand? Yeah. Um, or business, sorry. No, no. I, <laughs> I, I feel like they really go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Like, my business is a part of my brand, and my branding is in my business. So, yeah, you know, true. they're a part of each other. Um, uh, <laughs> that's a big question, I know. It's, it's really hard. Um so my partner is um he works in LA and mm-hmm. so I think we've kind of just decided like the goal is to end up there and really like early on I saw that like what he wanted for the future and what I wanted for the future aligned um business wise like we were able to do a lot of our business together and I think that's kind of just what I've decided is like, yes, I want to be a photographer full time. Yes, I want to have a studio that I work out of. Yes, I want those things. But I also want to be in a business with my partner. You know what I mean? Yeah, of like, course. And um, thankfully, it's working out so far. So it's good. So I'll, there's two things I want to get into. It's so, and literally, this is funny. Can I say this on the, on the side? These, I don't know if it's just me in the moment. But these mics and the sound sound clean. Like, they're so clean to the point where like I'm starting to even hear echo. Like damn, like they're really picking up the sound, Everything. and I, that's good. Like that means okay, I need to start doing <laughs> little small shit. But there's literally like, there's literally so many questions that I want to ask you that aren't even. But there's two things that I want to kind of mention, and yeah. the first thing I want to talk about um, is the um, I forgot what it's, what it's called. Uh, it's a certain type of cancer. Oh yeah, endometrial. Yeah, and I'm not gonna say that word because I can't. <laughs> like it's not in my vocabulary. I'm not, you know, I, my my mouth doesn't move in that way to say those. You know, words. What? I didn't know it before I had it, so I feel you. <laughs> exactly, it's gonna take some time. But um, you were were diagnosed with that at our, how how when when were you di- diagnosed? And if you can kind of take people through, I guess what that is, and just like your how you maneuver with that throughout daily life. Because to me, I think that's very. It's inspiring, and at the same time, because what's funny is I've seen you have post pictures. Because it, it does it kind of like put a certain like, no. That's type a that's just a birthmark. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. That's a birthmark. Yeah, I have You're it like everywhere. Me. It's like on my back, on my legs, on my stomach. Yeah, I should just stop the show. That's a birthmark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? I, I was like, I was telling my homie I was gonna record, and I was telling him I was like, I don't know if it's like you know related to the cancer, but that. Like whatever that that is, looks dope because yeah. it looks like. Some, oh, yeah, like, ask if it's tattoos a lot of the time. Yeah, it looks like a, it reminds me of you know somebody who appreciates like cartoons and anime and stuff. It looks like some kind of like cool anime type shit to me. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, can I say that though? Like, what if it's I mean, a part of? Know. 
I get but asked about it. All it's a birthmark, time, so, so yeah. I mean, it's still cool, but it's lost um, a little bit of its coolness because yeah, it's a birthmark. Sorry. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, if you can just kind of explain like what that is and 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 how you kind of maneuver through your daily life, yeah, it's the story of that really. It's like early on, I um, so basically it stems from having endometriosis. Mm-hmm. Um, my uterus doesn't work the right way, and so um, yeah, so I found out that I probably had endometriosis when I was 18, but I kept having doctors tell me that they wouldn't diagnose me and like give me uh, uh, an actual diagnosis until I was 25, which makes no sense because if you're telling me you know what I have and then you're telling me you can't give me a formal diagnosis, that is the system working against me. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Um, But yeah, so I've like lived with that for a long time and it puts me in a lot of pain as it is and... It sucks, um, but basically what happens is the the lining from my uterus uh, doesn't shed my body when I go through my cycle. It goes back into my body and it attaches itself to itself and organs of mine, etc. So last summer I went in, because um, there's no cure for it, but basically what they do is you go through surgery every few years. They go in, laser the adhesions off, and then you should have a few pain-free years is in theory what should happen yeah um so before they they, before you have the surgery you have to have um an ultrasound um and it was really really weird because i had the ultrasound and like they don't give you the results that day right and so she left the room but she left the pictures up so i was i was snapping photos of it because it looked off to me yeah yeah. it just didn't look right mm-hmm. and i sent them to my partner and i was like i don't know what the fuck this is but it's it a off. little scary and he was yeah. like don't freak out like it's probably nothing like you don't even know how to read it an ultrasound and i was like okay fact he's right <laughs> no he's, he wasn't wrong so i yeah. was like all right cool and so we set after that we set my surgery date basically what happened was they went in to um to uh laser off my adhesions and they found tumors in my uterus Mm. and so um there was one that they removed and then there were a couple others that they biopsied and the biopsy had cancer cells in it and so i went in for surgery to get better and found out that i was actually worse um yeah it sucked um and then it was wild because at the time i had just so i was like i wasn't sure if i was going to stay in colorado so i was working a temp position Mm -hmm. um and i had insurance through that but then i got hired on at my job so nice which was great but my insurance cut off because i was moving to new insurance so i had to wait um a month and a half yeah, a month and a half to start treatment at all because I didn't have insurance. And so I was like, it was weird. Like I was like sitting here knowing what was wrong with me and like not doing anything about it. And then I started oral chemo. And yeah, so I've been on oral chemo now. For what is oral chemo? It's chemotherapy, but in a, a pill. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, I figured. I just Instead of, because that was kind of like, what I told her is like going in for infusions that's like takes up a whole day and then I'm sick for days after I'd rather just be sick consistently than like sick for like a week and a half at a time and yeah then, I didn't even know that existed yeah no I mean it's gotten pretty progressive but it, it still sucks so anyway I've like gone back and forth 
and it's been a lot and so there's some days where i wake up and i'm super sick and can't do anything and like literally like you can't even if you were to force yourself you would just force yourself into just fucking like fainting because it's not even worth right like, the pain. or like i'm nauseous all the time and so uh. like i can't tell you how many times i've had to like accidentally throw up on myself because <laughs> because like it just it comes in waves you yeah. know and so these are things that I've just like learned to handle and laugh off and whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean it, life is life and mm -hmm. you go through things and the way that you respond to them is, you know, it shows you where you are in life and how you handle things. Sh I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I could yeah, literally I was, say so many like cliche. I, I could say so many cliche things, but at the end of the day, like, it, it is what it is like it's not gone it's here you still and have so a life to live i with deal with it day. yeah like yeah. i would be doing myself a disservice if i didn't take advantage of the times that i'm it's feeling like okay yeah, you know of course and so that's kind of where i'm at with it is and even the whole reason thing. first of all thank you for even yeah breaking it down yeah, measuring yeah. it because you know it for some it could be a sensitive subject but the reason i even wanted to like mention it is because oh man just because like for me i who's who just texted me I don't know who that is. For me, I I can't tell. Like I can't tell, and it sounds crazy. I mean, you can't. You really can't tell anybody has right. cancer no, until yeah. you see, you know, like some kind of signs of the hair or anything, really. But other than that, that's it. But for me, I could never tell. Yeah. And the reason I say I can never tell wasn't because of how you look or anything, but it was just because the way you moved. Yeah. Like you don't move like somebody who is not feeling good. You don't. You know, like you you just carry yourself different. Like you're. It's that isn't you you are a breeze and this is just like a part of your life, but they, you're not defined by that sickness. Yeah. And to me, I feel like people like that's something that anybody can learn from whether they're sick or not, like not being who, like not being that moment or not being that mistake or not being what is him. Like, yeah. I mean, I definitely have my days and it's also like you're human. Well, yeah. And it's also a lot of it is just like really the most, a lot, the most that a lot of people see from me is what I post. Mm. and i'm not gonna post moments where i'm like dying you know like even though that is in now yeah but like i don't want to i don't want people to see that like yeah. that's not what it's about like i'm gonna get through this and it's gonna be fine so like and that's what it is this doesn't define me it's just something exactly. that's happening right now talk about that it that was Queen. a good high five yeah that was good that was good <laughs> um but one more thing i want to get into some music here in a bit hey. um but one more thing i want to ask yeah is there's a there's a difference and then you're a photographer i've seen this complaint definitely with photographers and videographers the approach with somebody requests your services mm. <laughs> right okay if i hit you in your dms and i see you working i'm like yo i've seen your work big fan let's link what what don't do that <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to link <laughs> what do you think and i i had this questioned up perfectly earlier but what do you think is the difference like how do you how do you know how do you determine the value of your actual talent and what do you say when people who want your services try to downplay or try to i guess you can say water down how talented your services actually are like what is your approach to that yeah i think it's really tough because that's the thing like you have to see your worth first and mm -hmm. at this point i definitely do so it's really hard for me to um, acknowledge people that aren't taking me seriously. Yeah. Um, 
And so if someone hits me up, you know, complimenting my work, I really appreciate it. And that's great. Um, but I don't want to just hang out with you. If you're, if you're messaging me to book a shoot or a session or yeah. something like that, like give me information about that or go to my website or something, you know, like, yeah. um, and, or if you want to set a meeting or, or things like that, like there's ways to go about it, mm -hmm. but I promise you, unless it's of my own accord, I don't want to don't just kick link. it with you to no. take pictures of you for free. I don't, your exposure does not do shit for me. Yes. I promise. And if, if you're coming to me, you found me, I didn't have to go looking for you. Yeah. So I'm, those are things that don't, it doesn't matter to me anymore. I went through that phase of my career. I went through having to pay my dues and I don't regret it, but I'm also past that at this mm -hmm. point in a lot of areas. Um, and so I think it's just one of those things. Like if you want me to respect you as a client, respect me as, you know, a as business. a photographer, as a business. Yeah. Um, because I think that's a thing. It's, it's, it's really easy to say yes to jobs just because they're jobs. But I've found that there's a lot of uh, it's it's a lot easier to say no to things that don't align with your purpose and your vision um, for the sake of your integrity. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's so much more important than just making money off of a bunch of shit that <laughs> really doesn't benefit you. You're not going to touch after you send it off. Things like that. Like there's so many shoots that I used to do that I've never posted because yeah. they don't match with what I'm trying to 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 do. Mm -hmm. And so it took me a long time to get out of just working to work and working for a purpose. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Telling you knowledge. <laughs> There's some food in there for y'all. Uh. Food for thought. But let's get into I want to get to some music so okay. we can breathe, drink some water. Yeah. I just realized that like on the old mics I could crack open a bottle of water Not now. and it was just like oh, but now it's like <laughs> I'm like ee shit. But um I'm going to get into a project from a gentleman this man, I, I say it all the time, I, I always say incredibly talented, but I only say incredibly talented to the people that I genuinely think are incredibly talented. His name is Flower Child, F-L-W-R, Child, C-H-Y-L-D. Uh, this man, yo, like he's like R&B, soul, just groovy shit. He just dropped a project called Iridescent Love. Ooh, look at my vocabulary. Ooh. And um, I'm going to play out two tracks off the project. The first one is going to be Fly Me Away featuring uh, Mia Gladstone. And then the next track is going to be Love To You. And it's going to be Flower Child and uh, James Tillman. Yes, James Tillman. And this project is available on Apple, Spotify, Tidal, wherever you, you stream music. So please get on that. Iridescent Love. Let's get into that. This is Flower Child.
Flower Child. That, first, that joint you just heard was Love to You featuring him and James Tillman. And uh, the track you heard before that was Fly Me Away featuring Mia Gladstone. I hope it's Mia Gladstone, not MIA Gladstone. There's no dots in the you MIA. You never know. But I'm pretty sure it's Mia Gladstone. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty confident in myself. But um, like I said, go listen to that project. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify. It's on Tidal. Um, yes. Listen to that. I literally, you know, I don't know what people think when I talk about this music and I put it on the podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me. But what I do is I literally download that shit and stream it. Yeah. Like they get paid off of these streams. I mean, there are times where, of course, I say SoundCloud, SoundCloud gyms because I found out about them on SoundCloud and things like that. Um, but I highly encourage you to put your shit on Apple and all that stuff too because get paid them cents add up boy <laughs> yeah get your money so like I, I i will gladly stream this entire seven minute seven seven song 17 minute project uh as much as i can because it goes hard but um that was flower child f l w r c h y l d super talented um I, I know it may be a little outdated for people but look we had tech issues last week so i didn't get to talk about it but i'm gonna talk about it now this um film recently not film this is a uh, the netflix the netflix docuseries yes yeah. from um ava du duvet ava du i, I think i think I, every i'll go back and fix it because i know i probably type yo you know what's crazy is right, i will though. type was i right yeah ava duvet. okay because i will type something wrong and then read it like it was right like i, I will that. totally do that but i think this is right but um it is a uh series on netflix called when they see us it is about the central park five um, if you don't know about Sensor Park Five, I'm not really gonna sit there and tell you because I think it's worth the documentation of looking it up and doing your own research because I can tell you what it is, but it's not gonna do it justice to what actually happens to those five young kids and what's still happening to those five grown men. 
Um, did you watch the the, the uh, series? Yeah, I've seen it. Yep. What did you think? Um. So before I saw the series, I had already seen the 2020 um, ABC 2020 interview, mm-hmm. um, or whatever it is, um, where they basically like tell you about like a situation that happened, and so I'd already um, known about it for for a while, and um, it was very heart wrenching to watch it on to watch it reenacted yeah um it definitely brought me to tears um and it was just i think it's even even worse because you have the the real people you know giving their experiences to these actors telling them what it was like and working with them on the show and so um you know seeing things that i had never heard of in in the episodes um it was really heavy um but i mean the real life situation was very heavy and so it, i feel like it conveyed the emotion that it was meant to yeah um, yeah she did a great job man, doing that cuz you know i not let me let me i'll say i'll say my piece here um central park 5 i had heard of it when i had watched the documentary that Ava Duve also did um called the 13th yep i watched that documentary with my friend back at home shout out to devin which is me but that's another story <laughs> um but and I remember them mentioning uh, the Central Park Five because they were talking about um, around that time when they were labeled as animals and how right. Trump wanted to like literally get them executed for yep. their crimes that they did not they did not do at all. Um, and so I guess I just didn't remember didn't remember that I even knew of it. And I did some research on it before I wanted to watch the series. Right. I wanted to know what happened, what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched a couple of interviews, watched parts of documentaries to understand what happened. Oh, excuse me and um it's a lot it's a lot to think these young kids 13 14 didn't even know each other and got into all this i mean just it's i don't even know if it's right uh, bad place or you know bad time i don't even know if that's even you can't even use no that. i think it's cops taking advantage of children yeah. i think that's exactly what happened and it i mean it happens all the time now and it's not right but it also shows how easily children are influenced because they want to give you the right answer. They want you to be happy with them. They want, they don't want to be wrong. They don't want to be, yeah, they don't be wrong. But it's even, you know, you have some sort of authority figure coming to you telling you they already know. And so you're trying to fill in the blanks of their stories because like, think about it. Like when you were a kid with your mom and she's like, I already know you did it, (laughs) you know? And like you're like, well, what does she know? Like, no, I didn't do anything, but she thinks I did. So maybe if I I give some sort of answer, Mm -hmm. it'll be better than saying I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, because they weren't taking no. Like you're watching those interviews; they were leading them. They were telling them so and so did this right. Yep. So and so did this right. So what did you do? Because I know you did something, but I know it wasn't as bad as so and so, right? And so they were just like making up stuff because they're like, they were telling them they were going to go home. Yeah. It was like, nasty. What? And uh. you know, I'll t- I could, I, I still haven't, and I will eventually because I want to support Ava DuVay and I really want to, I have to make myself watch it. But it's hard. And exactly Learn. what it was because I couldn't, I can't, when you take in information and you understand what happened, that's one thing. Because the story within itself and the yeah. documentary within itself is like, 
that's crazy. Like that is horrible. Right. That the way they treated those kids. But to watch the documentary is almost like, okay, hey, so you know what happened. I just infil- I just informed you with all the information. Now you were visualizing what happened, right? Right. Now picture what actually happened. Because w- when you watch these series, it's like you're there. Mm-hmm. It's like you're a bystander. It's like you're the sixth person and yep. you're seeing what's going on. And I got to, I mean, I think I got halfway through the first episode and I just had to turn it off. Yeah, it was, it was hard. Um, I think it, it gets harder too when you get like towards the end. Like I think like the third episode mm-hmm. and the fourth episode because you're like watching now one person going through it because oh, Corey yeah. was in jail longer than the rest of the kids. Double, I think, right? Yeah. I think it was like seven to 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he was in there for a long time. So you're watching him literally. And it, I thought they did a really good job with it because he was the only actor that they kept from as a child to a grown man. Yeah. Like they didn't replace him. Mm-hmm. And so it was really wild just watching his transformation into an adult Yeah, before your eyes, but literally in two episodes, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the way that it happened was just so mind blowing and, uh, it was really sad. Like it's just fucked up things that you didn't know happened. I mean, if you knew the story beforehand and now you're seeing things that obviously happened to him while he was incarcerated um, and him having to learn because he's he was also um, mentally handicapped. Yeah, as I've, well. I've read a lot of that stuff that he had. Like he wasn't mentally mm-hmm. like caught up and just all these things. But you know, it's it's interesting. There was um I can't remember his name, but one of them said that he feels like he's living his second life right now because he said he literally died. Right. Like that whole process was like death to him. Yeah. And it was and then now he's like living his life again. But you know, I mean, it's it's interesting because. I mean, some of them do normal jobs now. Some of them, you know, I think one of them is uh, works for the city or like, I forgot what he does. But one of them works, um, I think, some, I forgot what the, what the actual job was. But he has like a pretty nice, stable job. Mm-hmm. He had the dude, um, he does some kind of like technical thing, working on like computers and stuff like that. Very yeah. happy with it. Um, and then um, I think Corey, I think that's his name, right? Yeah. Um, he's still, you know, like getting government assistance and things are still mad rough for him. And it's... Like I, I was watching an interview um, they were doing because now they're doing a bunch of interviews because of right. the series. Yeah. That's what he was like. That's what he was saying. It's like you know he's just yeah still struggling. He was helping the Innocence Project here in Colorado, which I thought was really wild and random. But I was mm-hmm. just like, that's really cool because you know it's one thing to be um, it's it's one thing to you know get a settlement and then use all that money for yourself. And it's another to like take that and give back to, you know, help other people that may be in the same situation as you. Exactly. And I just, I I don't know. I thought that was really incredible because especially like being young, broken in, in New York, like you could have took that money and been like, bro, I'm rich for life. Yeah. For life would have been set. And to donate that to a cause that would help other people in the same situation as you, I think was really um, it showed a lot of integrity um, yeah. and that he didn't lose himself completely in those years that he was in jail. Do you feel like we need more of these, like more films that showcase the actual or get as close as they can to what happened um, with these kind of injustices? I mean, not what the most recent things have been going on. I don't want to see a standard bland series. I don't want to see, right. you know, like a Trayvon Martin series. But when we think about those older things, that have happened i mean do you think we need more of those do you think because there's that struggle between you know they say that 
we're tired of seeing black actors or you know the black cell is the black plight like right. that we sell pain in our entertainment and we're starting to break out of that more but do you think things like this that they actually happen that is part of history that they don't tell need to be told more in this form I think it's really hard to make a decision like that only because from one aspect watching something like that could make you forget that it was real yes you know what i mean like it's mm -hmm. very easy to be like oh i watched this show and it was wild yeah versus being like oh i watched the reenactment of something that happened to somebody x amount of years ago mm -hmm. and i think you know in in the generation that we're in like there's a lot of things that we watch and then we move on you yeah. know and i i think th this was a prime example of that like nobody really knew about this before it dropped on the docuseries yep like y'all this happened 30 years ago and nobody cared y'all didn't know about it until now yeah and so it's like it's it's really hard because it's like do we want to know those things yeah it's crazy it's tough like i don't know if i want to know all those details because then that's something that you carry with you if it if it you know yeah. affects you that way and i think it's important to know details but then also realizing that it, it something like that could you know affect somebody else's life again if, if they've moved past it you know what i mean like yeah. these people have uh you know been fighting f fighting with um, the city and, and shit like that but at the Still same fighting. time right but they didn't have that that public eye yeah. while they were working on it and now they're having to relive all those moments that they may have made progress getting past mm -hmm. and so i think it's just really there's i think there's a thin line of like doing something for entertainment and like making sure that everybody that's involved isn't affected Tons. negatively yeah and i think i think she did that perfect I yeah think having them come in and direct the the actor like all she did was you tell me what you want how right. do you want it who do you want and then you just start telling me how to do this story. Yeah, and I she think did. That was beautiful. She did great with that. Yeah, good. And, and so I, I think, if I had to answer that question, I just ask. I would say I think, in moderation and in consideration of who's making the art. Like I don't want just any local Joker trying to tell our story. Well, you know I that's think, how it you know, always happens. Yeah. And like I, now that a black woman did it, and all I, the white men are gonna do it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think you know what else is? I think that. Man, I just lost my thought. But I think that um, some, that's what it was. Sometimes I think that these kind of docu-series, because I think, of course, it was about Central Park Five, but it's also, it's, it's, it's called When They See Us. Right. So it's kind of more touching on also, you know, this is what's going on today. Like, this is a story. Absolutely. But this is what's going on today. And I think, of course, I appreciate that approach and everything, but I think also... It's not, it's it's for me to know and understand, but it's also for the people, you know, who aren't black to understand that this is how we get treated. This hap This is still happening today. Yeah. And like, you know, you kind of also like, I, ho I hope that when, when people, when they see this, that they, it moves them some kind of way and it makes them feel like, oh, wow, that was like, that happened or, oh, this is happening or like, I you know hope I mean? so too, because it shows that we haven't gotten very far past those oh, yeah. things, you know, and mm -hmm. like people think that it's like us. And this is a prime example of how we are treated unjustly. Yeah. Because somebody us. wants to win a case. Yep. Oh, like I'm sure it sucks to have your ratio go down because you're wrong. But that doesn't mean that it's right to do something wrong. And that lady um, who I'm not even going to say her name because it's not worth being mentioned. But 
her losing her deals, her losing her, her, her credibility, her jobs and things like that, I think is great, but it is not even 1.23%, um, you know, as good or that is, there's not that, that like these kids lost their lives. I'm, I'm terrible. Cause I'm a strong proponent of you should serve all she of should, their years combined. She still, she still won't even admit, she still won't even admit that it wasn't them. No, of course. The same way Trump wouldn't. Trump was like, I think, I think the cops did the right thing. Like, even though they were okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, for sure. <laughs> um, and, and I'm, I'm going to get off of it. Cause it's a lot. Um, you have to just check it out. I would, I would advise you to see it. watch as much as you can take as much time as you can and if you don't want to watch it at least google google or youtube youtube is better or google whatever the fuck you want to do um central park vibe and no just be up to date on what's going on because i think if you don't understand the past then you'll never have you know the ability to look at certain things in the future and put them into the proper context and perspective so i think it's really important to just look back and know who the Central Park Five was at the bare minimum, but I would definitely suggest checking out when they see us. Um, but let's get into some music real quick to lighten up that mood a little bit. Yeah. Because we're about to talk about a lot of music shit here in a little bit. I'm super excited. Um, but we're going to get into two new joints. This is, yeah, actually two new joints. Um, I hope I don't get in trouble for this. I don't think he has a record label, but even if I do get in trouble, like I'm totally with the shits. For it's this worth one. it. <laughs> Don Tolliver. I, I don't have to say much about Don Tolliver. Cause if you're, I mean, some people don't, some people don't, but if you're from Texas, you know who Don Tolliver is. If you're a fan of Travis Scott, you know who Don Tolliver is. You may remember him from, um, uh, like you can't say, yeah, you can't say, uh, smoking on that. We don't want to act. He's doing the hook and doing like that verse. Don Tolliver is there. Um, he, I think he signed Cactus Jack records. I'm not sure. You might want to fact check me on that. But we're going to get into some of his music. He has a new track entitled No Idea. It is a jam. I've been playing it every day. Um, and then after that, we're actually going to get into some local uh, local talent. Sydney. Batty. Oh, you saved yeah. my life. You saved my life. I was about to say, I'm not no, going to say yeah. it. I'm not going to botch it. Say it again. Sydney Batty. Sydney Batty uh, featuring Connor Ray. And it's going to be at the table. Do you know her? Yeah. Cool I met person. her the same day I met you. No fucking way. Yeah, she showed up to my event that's hilarious that's super crazy she's somebody who uh sydney come to the show um but we're gonna play her song after don toliver both get into this music i know i know i know that you're drunk tell me what you want out of this club you know if you're nasty
She's so talented. Like, first, I'm still extremely happy that you saved me from <laughs> botching the fuck out of that name. Um, that would have went really bad. That went really bad. But that was Sydney Batty. Yes, yeah, Sydney Batty, and that was um at the table featuring Connor Ray. And the track you heard before that was Don Tolliver, and that was No Idea. <sighs> Jams. I, one day y'all gonna give me the props that I like, kind of want, but don't want. For just like the dope music that I pick every episode. But that's just me being humble, but not humble. Anyways, talk about music. Um, I want to get into this Frank Ocean article that was recently released by um, Dazed. Um, it looks... Damn, what was that? It looks like you said um, they kind of had questions submitted and then they 
and have Frank Ocean answer those questions. That's what it looks like to me. There are so many people on it there. It exactly looks like that. And I think that's an awesome way to interview damn near any artist, especially Frank Ocean, because the fans have the best questions. Well, and I think it keeps it from like matching like a standard format for interviewing. Yeah. Which is boring. It keeps it very like, because not everybody, I mean, there are people who can keep a standard format as like the base of their you know, interview and then make it lively. But then there are those people who use it as like ABC one, two, three, it's the structure and then do that for everybody. And you don't get any of the answers that you really wanted to get from that artist. Right. You know I mean, um, but what did you think about the article? What were some things that you took away from, from the article? I loved it. I thought there were like a few pieces that I definitely wanted to like take away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one that I saw was somebody asked him if he felt that he belonged to this world and time. And he said, yes, very much so. But I also sensed that I could have just as easily happened to be at any point in history. And I thought that was really important because like, you're literally like showing that you are timeless like you have a legacy you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. and i feel like especially as a creative like that's what we all want like that's what we all strive for is to like make some sort of impacting mark you know last forever or last at least last beyond our lifetime yeah and then the other thing was he said for as much rejection as there is out there um as there is out there waiting in the world, there's always almost an equal amount of acceptance and love. And I thought that was important too, because we all face a bunch of negative shit, mm-hmm. but like just knowing like there's as much good out there, like look for that instead of like focusing on the bad shit. Yeah. I, I definitely with that. agree with that. Yeah, it was, it was, there was so much good stuff that he actually had um, in that. I also like thing. just love getting new photos of him. Yeah, every it's like, like one of my favorite things. With, so yeah, every article comes with like amazing photos. Um, let me see. You know what else was crazy? He had some questions on there that were just like Frank Ocean type answers. He like only he could give those kind of answers. I think um, it's like you said earlier. He's so elusive, but he's also so like like just knowledgeable on how to respond and just he just knows how to talk. He is my goals. Like when yeah. I tell you, like the way that he. He can sidestep a question with an answer without being disrespectful. He can like he he can like answer a question Ooh. and then like give you a question without even making it seem like he just flipped the script on you. Man, like I think um, one question he said was that how how are you navigating being queer in the music business? Do you feel marginalized? If so, what do you think is the case? Uh, well, he said he said I navigate it pretty smooth so far. If anything, my personal life needs the GPS sometimes. Like, man. The way he answered that was Props. so smooth. Especially because people shouldn't be asking that. No, yeah, because it has nothing to do. Like, you are, like, it's your sexual preference isn't your music. Your personal your music. life also isn't your yeah. music. So, like, why does it matter? Yeah, that's true. I mean, because to a certain extent, your personal life is your music because some people tell stories. But it's not. Maybe. You don't know if obligated. that's real. You also don't know that's if it's true. real. That is true. Future does not do as much coding as he once said so <laughs> you're 100 percent right i think another question that was asked was by somebody named janet mock question was in a world where you can acquire or be given any material good have access to the it was just long quote that's i like that one question. too yeah but basically his answer was um wait wait i, I should, maybe I should ask a little bit of a question uh yeah it's about privacy you if know it, if it was something that wasn't tangible what yeah. would you want like something you can't buy and he said he wanted privacy privacy and 
but it's but really it's time and expert and love and joy and I don't know how he wants fucking privacy. That's the most private nigga you've ever but then, seen. But then maybe he just works that hard to get that privacy, and that's why he wish he would just have it naturally. Just have it, right? You know what I mean? I think that could be true. I think to me, I wonder if Andre Three Thousand is gets that. I don't. I don't feel like. I don't feel like the paparazzi and people are just so inclined to try to get, you know, words, interviews, pictures of Andre. Like, I, I think Andre can like navigate in normal life, and of course go notice. But he's not like a big. But I don't know. Yeah, but I feel like if someone saw him on the street, they would ambush him. You think? So? I heard he, but I heard he like did that in New York all the time. Yeah, I, I think it probably just depends where you are. Where he is, yeah. I and like, agree. especially like right now, everybody wants to do shit for clout. So. Yeah. Exactly. I don't um, know. I, don't know. <laughs> I think one of my favorite questions and answers was when somebody said, "What is your biggest failure, and what do you learn from it?" And what? he said, "My biggest what? What? Excuse me." <laughs> like. That is that is that is Frank Ocean at like his best. Like this this that recognizing that his him. art is his art, what he does is what he does, and he does it with he doesn't do it with any expectation of like this is the success bar. He does it within like the fulfillment of himself and how he feels when he lets out that art and that's the ultimate victory. And I think that's the thing, like something that is a failure to you isn't necessarily a failure to me and vice exactly. versa mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. something that i felt i fucked up on you might love so like i don't know i'm pretty sure frank ocean can do no wrong and everybody's on the same page about that so <laughs> and what i love about it too is that you know i think in in the music industry today we get caught up in the numbers game and what everybody else like the acclaims like the the, the awards you right. know it being is it grammy nominated did it win an award how many streams did it do like and we get caught up in that but we don't really get caught up in the fact that it is a great piece of art no matter what the numbers say no matter what the other people say because like you can't really you really shouldn't be able to judge art because art is in the eye of the beholder it's a personal preference well that was kind of the thing about blonde too he intentionally dropped it when he did so that it couldn't be nominated for a grammy yeah like i was mm-hmm. like you like that's incredible like you really don't give a fuck he like, really doesn't care it's about the art at the end of the day and that's what i think yeah. is just genius and like awesome yeah um i can talk about frank ocean all day Forever. but i'm not gonna hold y'all like i could do a whole episode on we could probably both do a whole episode on that's facts <laughs> but i'm not gonna hold y'all um one more thing i want to talk about was um i noticed a couple articles uh recently Comedian teams up with uh, E40 to fund startups led by women and people of color. And also, I just saw an article that Scarface, um, before I say, yeah, article by Scarface that he's going to run for city council. Um, real quick, R.P. Bushwick Bill, who recently passed, passed yesterday um, due to cancer. Um, I will put that in my prayer list later on. Condolences, him. Yeah. Um, but... It is beautiful, and I, I'm glad that I'm seeing this now, and I'm glad that I'm in being able to see this generation of hip hop go beyond the music, like to see what Chameleonaire has done. Chameleonaire was one of my favorite artists, like growing up, because he was like Texas, Houston. He was my first concert ever. Yeah, it was my worst nights ever, aside from his show. But it was one of my first concerts ever, and it like. He was such a great fucking artist and a good rapper. And I to see that, he, you see what I'm saying? And to see to see what he's done, like when he just really kind of just left rap and went yeah. into the tech industry and started getting like, he's Make a that millionaire money, without, without making yeah. m- m- um, music. music anymore. Yeah. And so 
that's beautiful to see E40 open up businesses and, and, and you know, what are they called? The fat burgers and things like that. And now to see Scarface going for city council, I just, I, well, I think what I appreciate, appreciate about this so much is that I'm hoping this is starting to show people in power or just people who have certain power that, you know, just because you make music, you're not just a rapper. You're not just some nonsensical person who makes music. That is not just like who you are. You can be big, bro. We have Kane. I mean, call you bro. We have. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I've been talking about. Man, we could be bros. Man. <laughs> <laughs> but we, you, 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 do you know about wrestling a little bit? Wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember Kane, the wrestler. Yeah. He's a mayor of a city. He's, what? A, he's a mayor. Yeah, he's a he's a mayor in some like that's city. wild. It is wild, right? Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. If a ref, if Kane can become a mayor, and if Doctor or Mr. Orange can become president. These like that's how I felt about Arnold just, becoming whatever yeah, in California, he like he governor, mayor, whatever. It and was. we always try to hold rappers to just be rappers. You can't get certain roles because you're a rapper. You can't get into this business because you're a rapper. You can't get into these meetings because you're a rapper. Like Joe Budden, like he couldn't get a lot of the opportunities that he got now because Ooh, he was. I bet niggas are a rapper. salty. And oh. that's what I'm saying. So I, I th- <laughs> I th- that's why I like to see this. Like I like to see artists that were just super dope legends or whatever and now they're just being the best they can be outside of rap like what do you think about that well i I think it's great i think it's really important because every single human on this planet is multifaceted in one way or another and so they're not telling you but you are right or they feel like they feel like they can't tap into those lanes because they're really 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 good at this one thing and if they're not good at that other thing they're going to be known for that instead and so I think it's really important, especially, you know, like we say rappers, but I think black men in general to mm, really, true. you know, go outside of what people expect them to do yep. or what people expect from them because they've shown that they're talented at this one thing and really, you know, show that like, nigga, I can make this money, but do it in like a really good way in yeah, a way I'm that's benefiting other people. Yeah. Like that was kind of the thing that I thought about too, even with um, like jay-z being announced as the first, first. billionaire mm, that was incredible but then also rihanna being the like richest female artist there's ever been and it's because she tapped into other avenues like she has forever. makeup she has her lingerie line like her, she now just dropped her clothing line like there are so many things that she's doing to contribute to her success that aren't music yeah. But because she's only done music for a really long time, that's what people expect from her. Yeah. And so yeah. I think just as like a people, but also like, you know, artists in general, like you don't have to only be good at one thing. Yeah. Like, and most of us are not only good at one thing. We're good at a lot of things. And I think it's really one of those things like internally you need to believe in yourself enough. And then once you're confident in yourself, it's much easier to get other people to be confident in you. Yes. Like if you lack belief in yourself, there's no reason for other people to buy into what you're selling them. Yeah, I 100% agree. And that's why I always, oh, do I want to get into this conversation? We don't have to, but I'll mention it. That's why I always think we talk about best rappers alive. I always, I have, over the past two or three years, I've learned to say that Jay-Z is probably the best, like, rapper, artist alive, like, outside of, or just in general, because of his accomplishments outside of music. Like he's bigger than me. Like he's, of course, he's like dope ass. He's like one of the best rappers alive, but his growth, his business side. Like I can't name I, another artist who's I doing see, that. I and see if what they you are, mean. then they probably have learned it from Jay Z. You know what I mean? Like I think one I of think Lil Wayne's favorite like, like Jay Z. A really good entrepreneur. Like none of that has to do with rap. I guess I just mean in the sense of like, <laughs> in the sense of. 
I guess best. I guess. And I get it though. I get it. Yeah, I totally get so you it. Call, you call I'm, just being, I'm just being an asshole. You know, that's. <laughs> I yeah. get you. I feel. I feel you. It's okay. A Welcome troll. To the show. Oh, I troll. <laughs> it's okay because when we link up one day, when we link there's up. no linking. <laughs> Don't no. Don't link. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but um, I'm gonna get into some more music before we kind of get ready to get out of here. Yo, it'd be loud in the hallway. Somebody's riding a bike in my hallway. You hear that? Did you hear that? No, I have headphones. Oh, you have headphones. Somebody's literally riding back in the hallway. I believe it. But I anyway. used to do that when I was a kid. What's wrong? Don't do that. I, What's wrong with you? I lived in a really like ghetto building, though. That's different. So That's it, different. I didn't live in downtown Denver. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, all right, let's get into this music. Bye. <laughs> let's get to this music. I'm gonna, uh, I played them, I think, maybe last week or the week before that. I don't remember because that technical issue. But, Bathe, B-A-T-H-E, I'll miss you. That project is still on repeat for me. I'm still playing it heavy. It's fire. It is extremely fire. And we're about to play two more joints off of this before we get out of here. Um, we're going to play Kimmy. It's going to be the first track you hear. The next track is going to be Sure Shot. Bathe, B-A-T-H-E. The project is called I'll Miss You on all streaming platforms. Go make sure you listen to that because they are definitely worth the listen. Uh, but let's get into the music.
time obsessing over signs. I don't regret the night I spent with you. I won't spend my time obsessing over why I don't regret the night I spent with you. will ever get old for me like their music is just it's just it's like a vibe it's a feeling i can imagine myself playing at home trying to work i can imagine myself like on a beach i think it's gonna to be it. on like my cleaning playlist when i'm when i'm on somebody's mom playlist. like when i'm somebody's <laughs> mom and it's time to get up on a sunday to clean the house mm-hmm that's gonna hey, be throw on that there. on, baby. Get that playing in the back. You know I can't clean with no, Man. no. I can't listen to a little whoever and play that. No, no, put that babe on. But that was Bathe, and that track you just heard was Short Shot, and the track before that was Kimmy. Um, you know, on the show we always do the prayer list. Anybody who you feel needs good energy, good love, we put them on the prayer list. I can go first. You can go first. You can go first. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna go first. Go uh, my list is a little bit longer than usual because I, we missed a week. 
Um, first and foremost, I want to put, uh, I said it earlier, I want to put Bushwick Bill on the, um, on the prayer list. Um, rest in peace. Legendary. There's no ghetto boy without him. I mean, uh, just, I, I, know, I hear nothing but good things about this man. And, you know, even though he was, you know, you know, short, all that kind of stuff, his spirit and his energy was way bigger than he could have ever been. Yeah. And I keep hearing that from people and I keep reading articles like that. So I, um, you know, he fought the good fight. I, I, I mean, I, I, can't, I hate cancer. I hate that, that, that it does these things to people. Um, but, uh, no rest in peace and my prayers and condolences out to his family and friends. Um, the Virginia beach tragedy, that shooting, um, that for some reason we don't even hear about now, but, uh, where 11 people were, uh, killed, mm-hmm. um, prayers and condolences to everybody affected by that as well. Um, Drake Young, the homie Drake, uh, recently, I, I guess a couple weeks ago, got into this crazy accident. Like the car looked like he shouldn't even be here mm. and he was like super scratched up, but he was totally fine tweeting and stuff. So, um, shout out to him, putting him on the prayer list to keep on recovering. Cause he's actually doing way better than most people who would have gotten into that accident with that kind of damage. Um, let's see who else. Sudan. I want to put in everybody in Sudan. I'm so I want to have Zainab on here eventually, uh, probably, hopefully soon. Yeah. Um, because you know she's been there. She's somebody who like Sudanese, I believe as well. She is, yeah. So mm-hmm. she can inform me on that because I'm not as knowledgeable as I need to be. I keep seeing bad things, but unfortunately, just the human being and me just chooses to not do enough research on it. But I know something's going on there, and mm-hmm. I'm putting you know my prayers to what's all I can do right now. And last but not, I mean not last but not least, but I also want to put Kevin Durant on the prayer list. You know, you know, like this. From a black man to a black man, I don't, I hate to see somebody get hurt. Yeah. Even though I, I felt in my mind, I knew he was going to get hurt and that was the risk that he took. But this prayer list for him to have a speedy recovery, he's one of the greatest players in the NBA right now. So, you know, putting you on the prayer list. But last but not least, I want to put Breeze on my prayer list. Oh, thank you. Because, I mean, there's honestly, there's so much that you go through day to day that I don't know about, Twitter doesn't know about, uh, I mean, nobody knows about. Yeah. And I mean, it's not our business either. But, you know, there's also good days and bad days, and you are a very strong woman to deal with what you deal with, to continue pushing on, to continue creating. I mean, just the way you carry yourself. Like I said, I didn't even know you were sick. I had no idea. And and it's not not like you, like you said, I'm burping like crazy. It's not like you, you know, promote that or like talk about that all the time, you know, to show that like, you know, how you're feeling. But that, that, even that speaks. Even that speaks yeah. to me, like just the way you carry yourself and the way you are, who you are, and you're not, you know, the sickness doesn't define you. And you're just fucking talented, yo. Like Thank you're just you. fucking, like you're good at what you do. Thanks, like, man. You're good at what you do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, I'm definitely gonna keep you on the prayer list, but um, I'll pass it on to you now. Yeah, I just want to like put my family on my prayer list, extended mm-hmm. and immediate, because they hold it down for me, um, even when I don't mention it. So that I'm grateful and i'll put them on there and then also um i want to throw one of my clients um from new york her name's gabriella wells um she has um a son who is nonverbal, um and you know they go through so much day to day um trying to find nur- nurses to care for him and everything else so i just definitely just want to keep them on my prayer list as well and then Anybody that I come in contact with this week, that's that's who I want to throw on me? there. Is that me? That's Michael? you. Oh, that's yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, I need it. We're in there. I need a creative thing, all the prayers that we can get. Facts. Um, but once again, thank you for pulling up. I know it was like a two week process. No, it's good. But, um, thank mean, you for having me. It's perfect timing, literally getting the Wi Fi ready. Thought it wasn't gonna get ready in time. 
you said you were here. Wi-Fi is ready. You know? Like Things I line mean, up when they're supposed to happen. What is that video? It's above me now? Like, it's, it's above me. It's above me. It's above me. <laughs> like, I can't. I'm not controlling. It's above me. It's Facts. above me now. Facts. But uh, we love y'all. Um, stay safe. Get home safely over the weekend. Uh, and once again, Breeze, I thank you for pulling up. Thank you. Doing what you do. Yeah. Wow. Y'all heard that handshake. We out. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>